You're a kid growing up in the 1980s, so naturally, cartoon shows and TV are your life. And this is an era when there are more cartoon shows on TV than ever before. The channels in your house are filled with some of the favorites. Smurfs, Transformers, and G.I. Joe are all must-sees, but you're also partial to shows like Dungeons & Dragons. Weekdays, however, aren't complete without watching old Scooby-Doo episodes. But you're also a fan of the wacky Inspector Gadget. You can't get enough of the Super Friends, but also make time each week for the beloved Muppet Babies. Also new on the scene, though, is the real Ghostbusters, which you've become a big fan of. These are just some of the great offerings out there. But there is one unique theme that connects all of them. It's actually more than a theme. It's a specific voice. A voice that is in more of the shows you watch than you ever realized. I'm Jamie Logie and this is Everything 80s, a podcast that looks back on a decade that forever changed the way we dressed, consumed, and connected. And today, it's a look back on the remarkable voice talent that gave us a lot of our childhood. This is a story of Frank Welker, the voice of the 80s. In the 80s, we experienced an explosion of pop culture, and it introduced us to many new cartoons, TV shows, and movies. With all this new content, quite a lot of voice talent was needed. And better yet, if you could have the same performers voicing multiple characters in one show, that made things even easier. There was so much competition on TV and so little time to get content out there. So the easier you could make the production, the better. And that meant turning to the who's who of voice actors. If you grew up in the 80s and don't know the name Frank Welker, you've definitely heard his voice. Make that voices. And you're about to have your mind blown with how many voices he actually did and how many beloved cartoon shows he appeared in. But it goes even further than the small screen as his unique ability to perform sound effects of all sorts made him the go-to choice for many movies you probably love. Franklin Wendell Welker was born in Colorado in 1946. He grew up in Denver and had a love of performing. This started at a young age when he naturally assumed the role of class clown. Welker had a unique ability to mimic the sounds he heard, especially animals. He could also mimic many celebrities. His love of making people laugh led him down the path of stand-up comedy. Welker honed his craft and eventually started to open for some big-name acts. Going into the later 1960s, Welker opened for musical acts like Diana Ross, The Righteous Brothers, and even Sonny and Cher. Welker had a unique ability to perform characters and voices but he continued to pursue on-camera work too, even appearing in a movie called Trouble with Girls alongside Elvis. Welker also appeared in commercials and even was part of a TV pilot with Richard Dreyfuss. Even though he's now better known for his voice work, Welker still appeared on many TV shows, including The Partridge Family, The Don Knotts Show, and Laughing. 
But going into the 70s, Welker continued his stand-up and even incorporated all those animal sounds he had learned back when he was a kid. Eventually, he got into some more voiceover work, and one of his first big gigs was providing the sounds of the animals in Rex Harrison's Dr. Doolittle film. And then one night, his act caught the attention of a commercial casting agent. Welker's stand-up included a variety of barnyard animals, and in 1969, he was cast in a dog food commercial. In an interview with People magazine, Welker explains while recording dog sounds for the dog food commercial, the fiancé of the main casting person was also at the session. The fiancé worked for ABC and thought Welker would be perfect in their new cartoon series that also featured a dog. In 1969, Welker was cast as one of the voices of Mystery Inc., which was a group of kids that went around solving mysteries. The group also had a companion, a food-loving dog named Scooby-Doo. That settles it. There's something fishy going on in that museum. Bullying? Right, Scooby. Tonight, we're going fishing. Alongside Don Messick as Scooby-Doo and Casey Kasem as Shaggy, Frank Welker provided the voice of Fred Jones. Welker impressed everyone with his vocal talents and also how quick he was with improv and creating something on the spot. This all goes back to his stand-up comedy days, and even all the way back to being that class clown. Now, it looked like Welker had a full career on his hands. Scooby-Doo led him to voice yet another dog, Wonder Dog on The Super Friends. Gathered together from the cosmic reaches of the universe, here in this great hall of justice are the most powerful forces of good ever assembled. As we reach the end of the 1970s, Welker voiced yet another dog called Dynomutt, a robotic-type dog that had many gadgets attached to its body. This would be the influence for another cartoon that Welker would be a part of that we'll get back to in a bit. Welker also voiced Fangface. Fangface! Every 400 years, a baby werewolf is born into the Fangsworth family. And so, when the moon shined on little Sherman Fangsworth, he changed into Fangface! Then, he was Heckle and Jekyll and Quackula on the new adventures of Mighty Mouse and Heckle and Jekyll. I'm Jekyll, and we're here on the double. We're silly, and funny, and always in trouble. I'm that crazy, goofy, vampire dog. I sure would like to scale you, but I never have enough. As we enter the 1980s, we are slowly getting into the era of the cartoon tidal wave that took over our TVs. Due to the lifting of advertising regulations for children, more new cartoon shows than had ever been seen before hit the airwaves. And someone needed to voice all the new characters appearing on our screens. Welker had quickly made a great name for himself as someone who was not only immensely talented, could improv, was great to work with, extremely creative, but just as importantly, was really fast. As the 80s began, Welker continued work on Scooby-Doo and the new Scrappy-Doo show. He continued on the Super Friends and the joint Scooby-Doo-Richie-Rich show. 
For Richie Rich, he provided the voice of Dollar the Dog and Dr. Blemish. In the early 80s, he also appeared in some lesser-known cartoons, or ones that failed to catch on, like Black Star and The Fonz and the Happy Days Gang, where he played Mr. Cool. Welker was also part of the Mork and Mindy, Laverne and Shirley Fonz Hour. And yes, those were actual cartoon shows. But also in the early 80s, he was a part of a cartoon series that really caught on. Over the eight seasons of the Smurfs, Frank Welker performed the voices of Hefty Smurf, Clockwork Smurf, Poet Smurf, Wild Smurf, plus a lot of additional voices. I have to point out here that I'm just barely scratching the surface of shows Frank Welker has appeared in, as his credits are so vast, we could be here for days. In fact, the number of cartoons, movies, and TV shows he's appeared in ranks in the all-time record territory, but we'll get back to this a little later on. By 1983, Welker performed voices on the Pac-Man cartoon series, The Littles, and Dungeons & Dragons. If you grew up in the 80s, you may also remember the quite unique Saturday Supercade. It was made by Ruby Spears Productions and featured cartoons based on video games. Welker provided the voice of Donkey Kong Jr. along with many of the Qbert characters. Next is his appearance on one of the most beloved cartoons of the entire 1980s. Ah, this must be it. Here's one for the road, Gatalee. I feel like singing. In a show about a bumbling cyborg-like detective called Inspector Gadget, Welker was the voice of the evil Dr. Claw, Brain the Dog, and Mad Cat. We've now reached 1984, which, cartoon-wise, may be one of the most notable years in the career of Frank Welker. We begin with one of my favorite cartoons ever, a short-lived series called Turbo Team. Capitalizing on the success of Knight Rider, Turbo Teen is about a teenager that somehow morphs into a sports car. Frank Welker provided the voices of Flip, Rusty, and Dark Rider. This cartoon also featured the voice work of Pamela Hayden, who you would know better as the voice of Milhouse from The Simpsons. Welker continued his work with Scooby-Doo continuing to voice Fred on the new Scooby and Scrappy-Doo show. He appeared on The Get-Along Gang, and then the cartoon version of everybody's favorite marionette puppets. Frank Welker was the voice of Baby Kermit, Baby Beaker, Skeeter, and Irma. On the cartoon series The Snorks, Welker was the voice of five different characters plus other additional voices. Things were going very well, but Frank Welker was about to get the call 
for a new cartoon series that featured an evil character, the one he would be best remembered for. Everything 80s will return after these messages. Frank Welker's incredible and unique talent soon took him to a new cartoon series all about transforming robots. No, not those ones, but the transforming robots that actually got there first. The cartoon series, The Challenge of the GoBots. Welker was the voice of Scooter, Zemon, Blaster, and Rest Q. But then comes the cartoon and the voice he may be best known for. Rocket fuel is the last resource we need to defeat the Autobots and control Cybertron. Right on schedule, aren't we? No thanks to you, Starscream. When the Transformers debuted in September 1984, about a week after the GoBots, we were introduced to two distinct characters. The first was the hero and leader of the Autobots, Optimus Prime, voiced by the great Peter Cullen. The other was Megatron, the evil leader of the Decepticons, voiced by Frank Welker. It's the cartoon show that is one of the most defining of the entire decade, and it includes the instantly identifiable voices of both Optimus Prime and Megatron. But Frank Welker also voiced another of the show's iconic characters. But besides the voice of Soundwave and Megatron, Welker was also the voice of characters like Groove, Mirage, Rumble, Ravage, Skywarp, and Trailbreaker, just to name a few. This was the advantage of bringing in Frank Welker in the 80s. It was like getting 20 voices in one, and each one was completely distinct from the other. In a 2007 interview with GameStop, Welker says that on the first day of auditions for Transformers, he walked in to see a table full of photographs of the characters. He was told to pick three, but since he wanted to push the envelope, and showcase his immense talent, he picked seven. At this point in the 80s, there was so much cartoon competition that the studios had to get things out as quickly as possible. Hasbro and the Transformers had already been beaten to the transforming robot punch by the GoBots. And when it came time to hone and shape the characters, Welker was given free reign with the Transformers. One of the amazing things here, especially with Megatron, is you aren't hearing any enhanced vocals. What sounds like audio effects is just Welker's natural talent and ability in performing Megatron. In an interview at TFCon, Welker explains how the voice of Soundwave did have some electronic enhancement. But the essence of Soundwave was already in his natural performance. If you want some more on the full history of the Transformers, I have a previous episode all about it. One interesting thing is that both Frank Welker, the voice of Megatron, and Peter Cullen, the voice of Optimus Prime, 
appeared on both the GoBots and Transformers at the same time. When the Transformers the movie was released in 1986, Welker continued to be a big part of it, not only as the voice of Megatron and Soundwave, but some newer characters like Junkion and Wheelie. And I also have a previous episode all about the movie that warped a generation of kids if you want to go back and check that out. Even though Frank Welker dominated the cartoon scene in 1984, he was still involved in some live-action TV. And this is a deep cut and involves an appearance on a little-known sitcom called The Duck Factory. This short-lived show is about a young person who comes to Hollywood looking to be a cartoonist. The show featured another person who grew up as a class clown, who was now in their very first lead role. And that was Jim Carrey. Welker appeared in episode 10 called The Duck Stops Here. And The Duck Factory also featured his old pal from Scooby-Doo, Don Messick. This was the only time Messick ever appeared in anything that was live action. But speaking of live action in 1984, Frank Welker also contributed his talents to one of the biggest movies of the year. One night, director Chris Columbus was in his New York loft when he heard the sound of mice running around. Even though he knew what he was hearing, he started to envision that it was some other type of creature. This gave him an idea for a movie and he quickly put a script together that everyone passed on. But the script happened to make it to the desk of Steven Spielberg. Spielberg happened to be walking by one day at the exact right time when the script was on his secretary's desk and he thought it seemed interesting. That movie was called Gremlins. Welker provided the voice of the main gremlin stripe along with the sounds made by the Mogwai and the other gremlins. Bringing in Frank Welker was again a smart decision. Instead of spending all the time and money on the technology to create some organic sounds for these creatures, why not use someone who can create them on the spot? By using Frank Welker, you had someone that could give you a variety of options and then quickly adapt and improvise them as needed. Frank Welker could replace an entire soundboard. Speaking of not needing to create artificial sounds for a movie, and also in 1984, Welker provided the effect of Spock's screams in Star Trek III, The Search for Spock. In the coming years, other studios turned to Welker's unique ability to create sound effects to spare them in having to create their own. In 1986, Welker created Jinx the Robot in the infamous Space Camp movie. Space Camp is a movie about a bunch of kids who are accidentally blasted into space on the space shuttle and have to race against time in order to survive and return home. If you know your history, you know the problem is this movie came out not long after the Space Shuttle Challenger disaster, making it one of the biggest marketing nightmares in film history. But speaking of space, and also in 1986, Welker provided the unique sounds of the aliens 
on board the ship in flight of the navigator. Back on the small screen, you'd think that just being in Transformers, one of the defining cartoons of the 1980s, was significant enough. But Welker was in another staple cartoon show, G.I. Joe. In the mid-80s, Welker provided the voices of Copperhead, Flash, Freedom, Junkyard, Short Fuse, Polly, Torch, and Wild Bill. Welker did a voice on My Little Pony while also appearing on The Pound Puppies, then The Sectors, the show Kissy Fur, and The Flintstone Kids. A reminder, I am barely scratching the surface of the work Frank Welker did in the 1980s. In 1986, while he was appearing on the big screen, Welker appeared in another cartoon series in another one of his most notable roles. Take good care of Precious Slimer and don't touch those cookies. Oh, no, touch that cookie. Not only was Frank Welker the voice of Slimer on The Real Ghostbusters, he also voiced Ray Stance, the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, along with many other side and background characters. Continuing on in the theme of if you need multiple voices that are all distinct, just bring in Frank Welker, he provided multiple voices in The Adventures of the Gummy Bears. But he wasn't done yet. Going into 1987, Welker was the voice of Big Time Beagle, Baggy Beagle, Bubba, Tootsie, and several other characters on DuckTales. The next year, he was a core part of yet another hit series, U.S. Acres from Garfield and Friends. Welker was the voice of Booker, Sheldon, Bo, Mort, Fred Duck, and Dr. Garbanzo Bean. The longtime classic voice of Garfield that you probably remember best was performed by Lorenzo Music. But after his death in 2001, Frank Welker took over the voice of Garfield in the 2007 CGI Garfield show. But back in the 80s, more iterations of Welker's first series, Scooby-Doo, continued to be released. In 1988, we got a pup named Scooby-Doo with Welker providing voices for seven different characters, plus other additional voices. Depending on how old you are, you may remember This Is America Charlie Brown, an eight-part TV miniseries that debuted in 1988 on CBS. This series combined the Peanuts with various events in U.S. history. Welker provided the voices for Abraham Lincoln, Teddy Roosevelt, Thomas Edison, Alexander Graham Bell, and Wilbur Wright, among other characters. As we reach the latter stages of the 1980s, Welker also appeared on Chippendale's Rescue Rangers, Hagger the Horrible, and Dink the Last Dinosaur. And here's one I was unaware of. If you're from the UK and grew up in the 80s, you no doubt remember the cartoon series Super Ted, all about a stuffed teddy bear that comes to life and has magical powers. I have a previous episode all about this, as it's a cartoon show I loved while growing up in England. The original Super Ted was the first British show to air on the American Disney Channel. And in 1989, Hanna-Barbera created a new version called The Further Adventures of Super Ted. The voices of Bulk, Bubbles the Clown, and Prince Pajamarama were all performed by Frank Welker. I remember this show so well and had no idea 
that the new version of some of the main characters like Bulk was actually Megatron himself. As the 80s come to a close, Welker provided the sounds for Dumbo in the great Who Framed Roger Rabbit. And then there was also the debut of one other significant cartoon, this one on the small screen. It was a new series set to air in prime time and based on a series of animated shorts from the Tracy Allman show. Homer, Marge, Bart, Lisa, and Maggie, better known as The Simpsons, were released to the world in December 1989. And early on, Welker contributed his unique talents to the show by providing the voice of The Simpsons' dog, Santa's Little Helper. Also on The Simpsons, Welker was the voice of Snowball 2, Lord Nibbler, along with various other voices such as Snorky the Dolphin. The 1980s were definitely Frank Welker's golden era of voices, but through the 90s and into the 2000s, he appeared in hundreds of additional shows. Just some of the notable ones include The Animaniacs, Futurama, Family Guy, Pinky and the Brain, Sonic the Hedgehog, Darkwing Duck, Tiny Toon Adventures, and additional Transformers content. His work on the big screen also continued. Welker was the voice of Toka and Razar from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze. He was Satan and the Easter Bunny in Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. He was Yoshi in the Super Mario Brothers movie, the gopher in Caddyshack 2, and even the sound of the deer in Tommy Boy. Frank Welker also continued to contribute to Disney by appearing in classics like The Lion King, Beauty and the Beast, and a voice you probably recognize the first time you heard it, The Cave of Wonders from Aladdin. This was a performance that had some Megatron Dr. Claw influence to it. Also in Aladdin, Welker was the voice of Abu the Monkey and Raja, Jasmine's pet tiger. It honestly just goes on and on. Basically, if you've ever heard animal noises in a movie or TV show, there's a good chance it was Frank Welker. And as the Transformers began to be introduced back into the mainstream with a series of Michael Bay films, Welker dusted off the old voice from the 80s. Despite not being in 2007's Transformers, Welker voiced Soundwave and Devastator in 2009's Transformers Revenge of the Fallen. He voiced Shockwave, Soundwave, and Barricade in Transformers Darker the Moon, Galvatron in 2014's Transformers Age of Extinction, and in 2017, he came full circle once again, providing the voice of Megatron in Transformers The Last Night. Frank Welker continues to go strong to this day, and you can see how incredibly vast his work is. According to IMDb, Welker has over 850 different film, TV, and video game credits. That puts him up there with some of the most performances in history. Just scrolling through his credits is a workout. And according to a 2011 Guardian article, this led to another interesting fact. At that point in Hollywood history, a list was compiled of the film revenue of credited actors. Take, for example, Tom Hanks, who by that point had appeared in 44 films that grossed nearly $4.5 billion. 
Hanks was number three on that list. Number two was Samuel Jackson, whose 85 films generated 5.2 billion. And number one, you guessed it, was Frank Welker, a name that not many in the mainstream necessarily knew, but whose 95 feature film credits at the time had generated $6 billion. One of the most amazing things to me about Frank Welker is not only the prolific amount of performances he's done over the decades, specifically in the 1980s, but how he could come up with so many unique voices and sounds. It's amazing to look back on all these TV shows and movies we watched where Frank Welker was the one constant. He could alter his voice so much to create an endless amount of distinctive characters. At the time, I had no idea that Megatron, Slimer, Soundwave, the Gremlins, and many voices I heard on dozens of cartoon shows were all the same person. The great Mel Blanc, the voice of Bugs Bunny, Woody Woodpecker, and Daffy Duck, was known as the man of a thousand voices. Frank Welker is right in that same league. And if you grew up in the 80s, whether you knew it or not, he was the voice of your childhood. So that's our show. Thank you so much for listening. And as mentioned, I have a ton of previous episodes for you to go back and check out, many of which I'm now realizing all connect to Frank Welker. My episodes on G.I. Joe, Super Ted, Transformers, Gremlins, The Transformers the Movie, Turbo Team. There's a ton there to keep you going. And if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to the Everything 80s podcast wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss out on new episodes. If you're in a position to do so, you can support the show over at patreon.com. That's the platform to get access to bonus audio content, including things like the Everything 80s Movie Review Podcast, where I review the good, the bad, and the ugly of 1980s movies. If you want to learn more, you can just head on over to patreon.com slash 80s, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash 80S, or click on the link in the description. So thank you for spending the time here with me today. I don't take it for granted. I know there's a million podcasts out there, so the fact you're here with me listening to this one means the world to me. So that's it for me. I'm Jamie. This has been Everything 80s, but I'll be back soon with a new episode. Don't you dare miss it.